You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. We're grateful to have you with us this morning. Before we head into our next segment, if you didn't get a chance to listen or watch this morning at 9 o'clock Central during the first part of Real Presence Live, we broadcast the daily Mass celebrated by one of our local priests or bishops. Today it was Monsignor Gehring from Fargo, live on the radio. And you can also find it by way of Facebook Live and YouTube each morning. You can also watch this morning's Mass on our Facebook and YouTube pages right now or later today when it's convenient for you. Our next guest is Dr. James Link from Bismarck. And uh, we just mentioned uh, when we were speaking with him before we came on the live, uh, the last time we were guests, he was one of our guests. So welcome back, doctor. And we're going to be talking about how can we not just survive, but actually enjoy life at home during the pandemic? And we'll discuss mm. this coming forward. And I know uh, uh, on Facebook and social media, there's lots of jokes going on out there. And for those of you who are not uh, familiar with Facebook, uh, most of them generally have to deal with people gaining weight over this period of time or uh, being driven crazy by their young children. But uh, it's actually a serious topic, though, I think, and I'm glad that, Dr. Link, you were available for us today. Absolutely. It's my pleasure to be here. And uh, why don't you give us a little bit of an introduction of yourself before we kind of dive into the topic and the questions? Sure. I'm a clinical psychologist here in Bismarck in private practice. I've been doing this for about 12 years. And, uh, you know, certainly during this time have uh, gotten a lot of questions and from patients and from people in the community about think, just how to, how to manage this really stressful time. And, and as you said earlier, not only to, to, to just survive, but try to thrive in the midst of it. And uh, how's, how's the life been for you uh, during the pandemic for yourself? Well, it's certainly been uh, a big change. You know, we have seven kids. And uh, they're all at home now with my wife, who, uh, who also works. And so it's been a real change for all of them. It's been a change for our family. Uh, you know, there's been some good things that have come out of it, but also, you know, just some stressful dynamics as well. So I think it's required a lot of flexibility and, and uh, patience among all of us, for sure. Yeah, I can imagine with seven kids, the, the, the house can seem a little bit small once in a while. I know my son has, has five and uh, there uh-huh. are lots of creativity going on to keep them busy. <laughs> right, absolutely. It's easy. I say I have the easy job. I get to come to work. My wife gets to stay at home. So uh, she's got a difficult job for sure. <laughs> now, some of us might be starting to go a little bit stir-crazy. And so what kind of message would you share with listeners about the mental side of this pandemic? Yeah, and the mental side is really, you know, in my work, the important part of, of kind of where we focus our attention. And there's, a, there's an old phrase in, in my work where we talk about attention density. And what that means is, you know, where do you give most of your attention throughout the day? And I think particularly now with social media and all that's on the news and Facebook and all those different means of communication that we have to be careful not to give all of our attention to that, right? Because if we give attention to the worry, to the stress, to the negativity, to the fear, 
that's really what's going to going to blossom within us, as opposed to if we give a lot of our attention to things that we know are going to be beneficial toward gratitude, optimism. Uh, those are the things that are going to kind of be cultivated within us. So I think it's really important to focus, to take an awareness of where we focus our attention during this time, and to really take good care of our of our attitude. And that's something I I, I tell a lot of my patients as well in terms of uh, of not going stir crazy is. At the end of the day, that's one thing that nobody can take away from you is your attitude and how you respond to this. But your attitude is something that you have to take really good care of. And so I think asking all the listeners out there is how do you take good care of your attitude? You know, how do you take care of, of, of how you respond to this? Are there one or two or three things that you know that you could do every day? Even if it's just one thing that you could do, whether it's spiritually or psychologically or physically, that gives you a lot of bang for your buck, that you know makes you a more gentle, patient, compassionate person, I think you got to make sure that you've got that within your daily routine right now. So you're suggesting that we spend time planning ahead, not just letting life happen to us, but actually kind of trying to do some planning for our days? Sure, absolutely. I think even just creating a routine that, you know, people have more time now. If, if they're at home or the kids are at home. So I think we've got to be, be really specific about creating a routine. Uh, we all do a lot better when we get up in the morning, take a shower, get dressed, have a routine for what you want to do in terms of taking care of yourself and having activities that you can do. You know, it's, that, it's the difference between wasting time and investing time. It's okay to waste a little time, but I think we've also got to have a routine so that we're investing time in ourselves and activities that we know are going to help us to feel good about our day and about who we are as people. I think <clears throat> what I'm hearing, I'm new to Facebook, and so I'm kind of exploring new territory, and it's kind of scary out there. But I think what I'm hearing from you is for people who spend a lot of time uh, uh, sharing their uh, political thoughts, mm. uh, you know, uh, that uh, maybe... Mm -hmm they should think in terms of rather than uh, looking at this as an opportunity for more intense venting uh, to maybe think of something else. Correct. Because that, that would be a, a prime example of wasting time. You know, watching, watching news for hours on end, going on Facebook, sharing all that stuff, we're really not helping anything and we're not helping ourselves either. It'd be much more effective and, and productive to, to think gratefully to see how you could be a, a solution to some of the problems, to be able to write a note of gratitude, to be able to connect with somebody, to be able to call somebody that you haven't called in a long time, to reach out to family members. You know, think about how you can make a difference in the lives of a person who might be lonely as opposed to creating more discord and chaos in the world. There's enough of that the way it is. Okay, great. So to all of my Facebook friends out there who love to vent their spleens, this is an opportunity for you to do something else. Absolutely. Okay, great. Yes. Thank you for that. Yeah, you bet. Well, how can we not just survive, but actually enjoy life at home during this time, especially as many parents and children are, are home together? I know I saw the joke the other day about uh, I've had my grandparents' uh, grandchildren for the last uh, eight hours. It's time for them to pick mm -hmm. them up. <laughs> Well, I think, I think it's, it's a big part of it is a mindset. 
you know, do we see this as this time as an opportunity or do we see it as just a struggle? And, and, and granted, there is a lot of stress involved, but I think to have the mindset of that this can be an opportunity for us to, to thrive. And to me, thriving doesn't mean that we're going to add on a lot of new things and try to do a lot of new things. It just means that sometimes we've got to get back to the basics and to simplify. And I've heard that from a lot of people that this has been an opportunity for them to simplify to maybe spend more time together with family, perhaps to pray more, perhaps to do things that they haven't always done because they felt they were too busy. And so to me, thriving means probably that we're more simplified, that we're more basic. Uh, it, something that was important that my wife said to me the other day that I think is, is important for parents and children to remember is that during this time of stress, it's really not a time for us to become perfectionistic, to become really rigid to try to do all these new things. During this time, I think it's important that we we lighten the reins a little bit, that we try to loosen the grip a little bit on life. And that, you know, it doesn't mean that we don't have routine, that we don't have order, that we don't have discipline. But I think it's a stressful time for everybody, including our children at different developmental stages that they have. And so we have to be flexible. We need to be compassionate. We need to be gentle with ourselves and those around us because it, it can be stressful, and we can be prone to be more irritable and impatient. So really important that we have the proper mindset. And as people of faith, it's a great opportunity right now to practice the fruits of the Holy Spirit, which are peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness. Some of those basic things that we really need to have in a large dose when we spend a lot of time together as family. What a great reminder, you know, um, those fruits of the Holy Spirit— um, and also, um, what you said about, you know, kind of having sort of a relaxed order, I guess is how, mm-hmm. I, you know, I kind of mm-hmm. received what you just said. I read something about um, the home as becoming like a monastery during this time. Mm-hmm. Um, not that we, um, you know, that we have to be super strict, but um, the monastery, you know, monastic life is um, particularly Benedictine, you know, pray and work, um, those, those two things kind of guide the day. But they also always work in time for recreation, I think, in each day. Can you speak a little bit about that, what order does for our lives, not just during this time, but maybe, you know, all the time? Right. Well, that old saying, you know, peace is a result of order. And so if we live an ordered life, then we're more likely to have peace in our hearts. And, you know, it starts with prayer. It starts with touching base with God and and understanding that God is the giver of all good things and even peace in our soul. But it also includes having leisure, having proper leisure, having work. And so I think now, you're right, is a time in which we can kind of, in some ways, mimic a little bit of that monastic spirituality in the home and and keeping it ordered. And and I think as parents, that's important for us to try to cultivate that and, and nurture that for our children. And like a lot of parents that I've talked to have said, not that their children are always going to appreciate that, but they can create some good memories too during this time, good memories of family time, of time spent together. And uh, I think just, again, being being flexible and gentle with one another is, is absolutely important. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, I saw an article by a cloistered nun, and the mm. headline for the article was, I've been practicing social 
uh, distancing or whatever the terminology is for the last 27 years. I've got some ideas for you. And the first one was uh, putting order into your lives. And, uh, you know, and what, what is kind of neat is, you know, with the mass being offered on, uh, on uh, Real Presence Radio and also on other uh, uh, media outlets, you know, you can do morning mass is one of the first things that you can do when you get up. And it's really kind of nice. Uh, at this time, though, speaking of order, we do have an order uh, list of things, and I have to uh, remind people that you're listening to Real Presence Live, and thank you for tuning in. We hope you're enjoying the show. And uh, I, Doreen Canelli and I, her husband, Jack, are your hosts for today, and our guest is uh, Dr. James Link from Bismarck, and we're talking about uh, dealing with, uh, you know, uh, Sheltering in place, if you will, you know, either voluntarily or if mandated by the government. And uh, anyway, back to the interview, Doctor. Uh, can you speak to the reality that? <clears throat> excuse me. This is a tough situation. I mean, I'm, I'm making a little bit light of it, and and how while we don't despair, we can recognize it's not easy. Right. And we have to live in reality. It's something that, that I say a lot, is that we've got to live in reality. And, and the reality right now is, and, and it's always been this way, that the cross is never easy, right? I mean, as Christians, we know that we're going to have to follow Jesus, and that always entails a cross. And the cross looks different at different times of our life. And so we don't want to minimize or deny or avoid the reality that this is taking upon a lot of people, whether it's financially or academically their job, loved ones being sick, people dying. It's a serious time in, in, in our world, not only in our country, but in our world. And so we have to acknowledge, and, you know, St. Ignatius, even in his daily exam and prayer, the importance, the first step is acknowledging where we're at, how we're feeling, acknowledging our fear, acknowledging our worry, acknowledging the stress that we're under. But then not staying there, right? We don't want to stay in a place of worry. We don't want to stay in a place of despair. We want to remember that we've got to relate that back to Jesus and, and to not isolate, and that uh, we've got to surround ourselves with people and things that can help us to maintain a proper attitude. You know, we're people, people of the resurrection joy. So it's, it's interesting we're coming up to Holy Week, which is probably going to look a lot different for all of us this year than it normally does, but Good Friday is always followed by Easter Sunday, and that's true for us, too, and so this is kind of a Good Friday for all of us, but... At some point in time, we're going to go through Easter Sunday, and things are going to get better. We, I think we've got to keep that hope that comes with that. You know, not minimizing, but also understanding that we've got to live in a place of hope. Very good. Uh, do you have any extra advice for parents during this time at home? And with seven kids at home, I'm sure you've got some experience in this. <laughs> yeah, well, I think... As parents, we need to we need to set the tone. I mean, our family kind of is is uh, influenced by how the parents are, and so it's really important that parents, married couples, take good care of one another. You know, I just say take care of your own mental, emotional, and spiritual health, so that then you can give that to your kids. You know, you can't give what you don't have, and you've got to take good care of yourself. Um, you're going to be wearing a lot of different hats. Maybe you're working from home. You're helping your children with their education, there's just a lot of things going on. So I think make sure that you've got realistic expectations for what this is all going to look like. You know, we're not in the business of perfection right now. We're in the business of, of, of 
just making progress and doing the best we can. And so if you're one of those parents who have high expectations for yourself and for your kids, now's the time to throttle back a little bit and to try to see the good in the situation as opposed to what's perfect. You know, I know that there are a lot of grandparents like us who, you know, miss having the opportunity to see Mm -hmm. their grandkids. But uh, on the other hand, it's also an opportunity to kind of be there. I know Doreen did a really neat thing yesterday with just reading to the grandkids on uh, FaceTime. Mm -hmm. And it was an interesting uh, reaction that uh, their mother had. Green, why don't you explain that just a little bit? Oh, well, I actually got the idea from my sister who's doing that with her grandchildren. And um, Jack has done it with our grandson for many years who lives in California. But um, there's something beautifully connecting about literature, I think. And, um, and so we read a picture book and then a chapter from a chapter book. And my daughter-in-law um, texted me afterwards and said, you know, the kids are getting a little... Um, dulled by the screen time that homework has been demanding of them mm-hmm. and that to hear you know a human voice and one that they know really kind of captivated their attention for a longer time than she she had expected and the and the girls when i asked them i'm a former teacher asked them comprehension questions afterwards they did just a great job so you could tell that they were really engaged but i think it's that you know the human contact like you mentioned too doctor i think um, maybe that demonstrates the importance of, of that and not just being connected to screens. Absolutely. You know, and that's something where even now, you know, sometimes we, we can kind of get down on technology as something that, you know, all the negatives that can be part of technology, but also seeing the positives right now and how it, how it keeps people connected in ways that weren't even possible 50, 60 years ago in terms of, of FaceTime and, and calling on the phone and all these different things where I think technology can really be used to help people to not isolate or to stay connected during these difficult times. So that's a great example right there. And it's, it was, you know, it's also very fun. <laughs> so um, I, I have a question going back to um, some of the comments you made at the very beginning, and that's that we can tend to um, default to, you know, uh, worry and negative thoughts. Um, when we feel ourselves doing that, do you have any t- like practical, concrete tips for um, moving ourselves from that to seeing the good? Or um, anyway, just some some little tip. Yeah. Sure. Well, I think the most important thing is when you when you when you become aware that you're starting to worry, to get caught up in the negativity. It's important to just you know catch yourself, take a moment to pause. Take, take a minute or two minutes of just doing some deep breathing, calm yourself down, and to really try to focus your awareness on, on a, something of gratitude, to focus your awareness on a scripture quote, to focus your mind on, on something that you know is relaxing, calming, that gives your heart peace. The difficult thing is that your mind is going to want to keep going back to the worry, to the things that, that cause you fear, the things that cause you negativity. Just gently keep bringing your mind back to that kind of anchoring principle, that anchoring thought, that anchoring image, that anchoring word, that anchoring scripture quote, and just to take some deep breaths. And that deep breathing can really help a person to remain calm. You may have to do that 500 times a day, but you know what? Every time you do that, it's a prayerful reminder of, of remaining in the Lord. And, you know, I just read something the other day that 
the Gospel of John. 34 times it, it, John says in there to remain or to abide in Jesus. And I think that's a good reminder for us at this time is make sure that you remain in Jesus, abide in Jesus in your mind, right? So every time your mind wanders, come back, remain in Jesus, abide in Him. Not that He's going to take care of everything in your life, but He will give you peace if we allow Him to. So I think that can be a helpful little reminder for all of us who are prone to worry or stress. Just to keep turning back to Him. That's beautiful. Thank you. Uh, Would you want to say anything about trying to uh, maintain some some kind of exercise program. I, think, mm. I would think that would be important. Sure. Yeah, it's really important, and I guess it goes back to that sense of not being perfect right now, but just doing the best you can. And because we're, we're you know, people of mind, body, and soul, it's important that we take care of our body. And, you know, I think during these times when we're isolated and kind of cooped up at home, we're, 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 uh, we have a, a tendency to, to overeat to eat the comfort foods, to eat sugar, carbs, all those different things. I think just trying to eat healthy, do the best you can, and to move your body, to do the things. You know, there's a lot of things that we can find online um, through our phone of just some home workout routines that we can do that are 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes, a half an hour. Remember, it doesn't have to be a lot, but it can really, again, release some of those endorphins, neurotransmitters, things that can make us feel a bit more positive, energetic. You know, most people feel a bit better after they work out. So I think that's important. You know, in my work with people, the two main things that I would say really help a person's mental health, particularly during times like this, is if they have a consistent prayer routine and they have some type of of an exercise routine. Those are really pillars, I think, of having good mental health. Right. And it, it's, um, you can combine those two. Sometimes, <clears throat> for example, at my age, I do some uh, stretching-type exercises that I'm supposed to do for a count of 20. And a, mm. uh, a, an Our Father is a good count of 20, so you can kind of <laughs> wrap those two things together at one time. Absolutely. No, that's, that's again, beautiful. Going for a walk, praying your rosary. Uh, all those different things that, that we can do. Um, that really, again, help our mental health during these times. Really important to take good care of our bodies, absolutely. Right. Well, we've, we've got a little less than two minutes to go, but before we close out, what, what message would you like to leave with uh, our listeners this morning? Well, I think, remember, our hope is in the Lord, right? We have to be people of hope. Don't isolate. Remain, remember to stay connected spiritually with Jesus, stay connected to people in your life that you love, and really try to focus on the positives, gratitude, things that are going well in your life. And finally, no matter what's going on in our lives, we can always make a difference in the lives of people around us. And, and don't forget that, because whenever we're able to make a difference in a person's life, we feel a lot better about the situation that we're in. So just remember that. So true. Um, Dr. Link, before you hang up, we have just a little bit of time left. Could you um, mm-hmm. share with Could you share with us the ages of your children? Mm. Yes, uh, our oldest is seventeen, and then we've got a fifteen-year-old, and then we've got a fourteen-year-old, a twelve-year-old, a ten-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a six-year-old. Beautiful. I probably got one of those wrong, but I think I was right. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. We didn't want to pressure you to n- name them. <laughs> I only. I only have three kids, and I always have to think of each one. 
<laughs> yeah, if you would have asked me their birthdays, I probably would have got that wrong. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of birthdays to remember, but what a beautiful family it sounds like you have. Uh, yes, absolutely. Well, well, thanks for being with us today because I think this is really timely advice. Uh, I, I think we're at the, you know, we're... We're, we're not necessarily seeing the end of this uh, pandemic, and it's good to have this sort of information available to us. Thank you, Dr. Lincoln. Have a blessed Holy Week. Thank you.